0: Jesus Jesus we pray that you'll be glorified in this space we pray Father that you'll be glorified in this nation in this community God in our hearts, in our families you'll be glorified God above all things we honor you God we honor you Jesus for we love you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we read the word for today from Psalm 55, verses 12 to 23. Psalm 55, verses 12 to 23. It's what the Bible says, If an enemy were inciting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God, as we walked by among the worshipers. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, for evil finds lodging among them. As for me, I call to God, and for the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me. Even though many oppose me, God, who is enthroned from of old, who does not change, He will hear them and humble them because they have no fear of God. My companion attacks his friends; he violates his covenant. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His wounds are more soothing than oil; yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let your righteous—we don't let the righteous be shaken you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirst and deceitful will not leave out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you. God, we look up to you, our God, who is our hope even in the midst of chaos. In the name of Jesus, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Today I'm launching a new sermon series entitled Loving after betrayal, and I hope we can learn to find renewal after betrayal. Now, betrayal is very close to us. Um, and, you know, we endure this, we experience this, or so maybe you have seen this, uh, you know, experience. But actually, one thing that we know that's very common is that every single one of us is, uh, you know, is a betrayer uh, where we have betrayed God. We have bet- we have gone back, you know, on the word of God um, and. God's response to us is full of grace and compassion. And what I wanted to do today was uh, to bring us to a place where we can just sit in the pain. Uh, You know, like one thing, one struggle that all of us have got is when we see pain around us, when other people are are experiencing painful things, you know, we find it so uncomfortable to sit in the pain with them. And our response often to pain is uh, to run away from it, you know, and uh, running away from it might might mean like not talking about it. Or uh, we want that other people, when they're expressing their pain, they have to express it in a way that's acceptable to us. And when they're expressing in ways that are strange, maybe sometimes even scold them. How can they say those things? How can they cry like that? It's because pain... Makes us uncomfortable. Another response that we've got to pain is to want to fix it, want to fix it, you know. And um, actually, it is in trying to fix pain uh, or the brokenness around us that often we have said very unhelpful things for people that are going through painful stuff, because we are thinking, "I need to make it better by the words that I say." But the better way to respond to pain is to behold, it. behold brokenness to behold, and this is also very, very uncomfortable. It's not meant to be comfortable, but you're in there, you can behold brokenness to see how unfair this situation is, to see how unkind, to see that, wow, this situation is rough. This situation is tough. And I want us to say today to sit in the pain, the brokenness of betrayal. Uh, So I will probably mention a lot about pain, and probably most of my sermon is going to be just surrounding this pain. And let's just talk about it. So I want to invite you to just sit in it, to just be in it. Now, some of you know the feeling of betrayal. Betrayal is not easy. Some of you have been betrayed by your family members. Some of you have been betrayed by your bosses, your colleagues at work. Some of you have been betrayed by people in the church. Some of you have been betrayed by business partners. Some of you have been betrayed by a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Some of you have been betrayed by a spouse. Betrayal sucks. So, like, uh, the, the vivid memory that I remember of betrayal is, uh, so I've been married now for six years, but before I married my wife, four years prior to me meeting my wife, I was in a serious relationship, Oh, I thought I was in a serious relationship, but probably I was a serious one, and, and I got betrayed, you know? I got betrayed, and I struggled with all kinds of pain. I think one of the pains that I struggled with was uh, a pain of shame, You know, like, I'm the one who's been betrayed by the struggle with shame. Uh, Just, you know, thinking about what would people say, what would people think. Uh, And I was already a leader in this church. So I was like, oh, man, look at our leader cannot even keep a relationship. Ah, Come on. You know, uh, but it sucks. You know, it sucks. And I've been thinking a lot, why do people cheat? Why do people cheat? Now, you know, you can say all kinds of reasons, but... I wanted to share maybe four reasons why I think people cheat. Uh, some of them maybe might surprise you, or maybe you already know them. And the, the, I know there are some smarter people in here uh, who are smarter than me who can come up even with more reasons. But I want to have four, um, you know. But I define cheating as romance wrongly placed or passion wrongly expressed. In other words, unfaithfulness is affection misdirected. Affection misdirected. You know, when you're going to be unfaithful, you are showing affection, only that you're showing it to the wrong person. You are showing love, only that you're showing it to the wrong person, not to the one you promised, to the one you said in their face that I love you, I want to stick with you, and I'm only going to love you. And the way I love you, I'm not going to love the same way another person. It's going to just be you. So this is love gone astray affection misdirected. That's, that's, how I neg- that's how I define cheating. So, four reasons why I think people cheat. I think people cheat, number one, people cheat because they neglect their limitations. They neglect their limitations. You know, most people that are unfaithful, they never started out to be unfaithful. You know, most people don't say, hey, I'm going to be in a relationship with you. I'm going to marry you so that I cheat on you. I become unfaithful. No, They actually believe and know, I am being sincere in being with this person. And they are sincere in being with the person. But along the way, they lost track. And one of the things that happened is there, they thought they're invincible. So then they neglected their limitations. You are a limited human being, but the way, you're not as strong as you think you are. And you're better off. You thrive When you have guardrails around you, when you have better boundaries around you, you're going to thrive. But if you don't, unfortunately, you're going to find yourself in a place that you will regret. Because we are capable of doing so much more damage. Because you're capable of doing something that you're going to regret, then watch out how you use your phone. Watch out how you talk to other people. Watch out who you're hanging out with. Watch limitations. You're a person who is limited. So embrace that. Because if you neglect it, you're going to find yourself on the other side. And I'm mentioning this is because even today you might be like, I'll never ever do this. But if you neglect your limitations, you may end up doing it. You may end up doing it. And, and, and the, the statement I hear the most is people that betray others is like, I never thought I could do such a thing. I never thought I could I never thought I could go there. That's a regret. The second reason that I have, I think why people cheat, is that they neglect their hurts. They neglect their hurts. You know, most people cheating is actually a way of running away from something that's painful in their lives. They're running away from some wounds that they carry. So therefore, they want something that will soothe them or help them nurse that, nurse that wound or something that will help them to hide so they don't actually face what's going on. So therefore, they're going to throw themselves in the arms of someone else. So they, they want to, you know, if it's in business, they want just their name only to go, um, you know, up, not, not their partners and stuff like that. So they neglect their hurts. That's why they end up, you know, cheating, as, you know, the famous phrase, hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah, so if, if you neglect the hurt that you're carrying, if you neglect the wound that you're carrying, you're going to betray other people. And I'm not just talking about the wounds that you experienced ages ago or maybe when you were growing up. Are I'm important to look at, but also even the wounds that you're experiencing now. You know, in that relationship, in that partnership, what wounds are you experiencing that you're neglecting? Maybe you're feeling disrespected. Are you just letting that go? Are you not facing that? Or are you just letting it fester there? It's going to ruin you from the inside. So pay attention to the wounds that you have even now. Because if you neglect it, it might lead you to betraying other people. The third reason that I have, I think, why people cheat is they neglect their tendencies to be naive. They neglect their tendencies to be naive. You know... I find this mainly with men. I cannot, and I'm a man, so I cannot speak from that perspective. I think most men think they're being nice while they're being naive. Does that happen for women as well? Yeah, you think you're being nice, but you're being naive? I'm just responding to them. And I'm just being, na- I'm just being an, a present person, you know? Um, I am mean, I'm anxious present to them, you know? So they, they're welcome in my space. They're welcome in my space. But you know what? Something that started slowly it was just like a text and then it was a phone call and then it ends up to be an appointment at a hotel. You know what I mean? You started, you're just being nice. You're just being nice. Just being nice. And I, I'm a strong believer that every relationship is going somewhere. It's going somewhere. It's growing. You're either being separated or you're growing together. Every relationship is going somewhere. And you've got to watch yourself. So do not just think you're being nice. You're actually being naive. Now, there's a question in there. What are you saying, Humphreys? So I cannot be friends with people of the opposite sex? We could debate about that. But maybe listen to my fourth point. I think people cheat because they neglect accountability. Neglect accountability. That's the last one. You know, cheating or unfaithfulness thrives in the dark. It thrives in the dark. And the people who are unfaithful they will start to hide certain things. So maybe there's a conversation and they hide it. They don't want their partner to see or their friend to see. They hide it. You know? They went to area thirteen, but then they're saying, I was just in area six. They're starting to hide. You know, they're not telling the truth of who they're really hanging out with, where they're going, what's really happening with them. And all because they are running away from being accountable. And the gauge to use here is, I'm using text because that's where it often starts, you know? Like, will will my partner be proud if they were to see this text that I'm sending right now? Will my pastor, will the people that wish me well really approve of this call, of this meeting? Will they do that? And when you neglect accountability, my friend, unfortunately you're gonna find yourself on the other side. Of betraying other people. In the passage we have read today, David is struggling with this pain of betrayal. And you can actually see the anguish, you can see the pain that he's experiencing in this. The pain of deep betrayal. And from this psalm, we see how the betrayed feel like when they've been betrayed, how they feel like. Where is their pain in this? I want to mention a betrayal. Loss of the help of a better companion, pain of the loss of the help of a better companion. Verses twelve and thirteen says this: If an enemy were inciting me, I could endure it. For rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, and I, like myself. Thanks, Mara. Let me read that scripture again. If an enemy were inciting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend. One of the things why betrayal is so disorienting is because it does not come through a stranger. It comes through a close friend. A close partner, a partner, somebody that you have trusted, somebody that you say, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with them if you're married, somebody that you're committed to, somebody say, yeah, we're going to do this thing together. And that person betrays you. That's why it is so painful. Now, remember that David was betrayed by his son, Abyssalam. And Abyssalam one day stands up and he begins to, he begins to make a plan that eventually... You know, it turns out that he was going to take over the kingdom, which makes his dad on the run. That betrayal was painful to David, but, but actually, in connection to, Abys- uh, to Abyssalom, was another guy, a close friend of David's. His name was Ahithophel. Ahithophel was his advisor. Now, if there was a person who knew every single secret of David, it was Ahithophel. And Ahithophel, in the end, betrays David. Betrays David. And in fact, I'm so convinced that this psalm is not really about Abyssalom, it is about Ahithophel. Because he was spending more time with Ahithophel than he probably was with Abyssalom. So that's why this is saying, if it was someone else, an enemy, of course, I can understand that. Of course, an enemy would do something like that. But you, a man like myself, but you, my companion, my close friend, my close friend, that is painful if it was my ex of course come on now it's my ex but you come on if it was somebody who hates me of course i would understand that but you who claim to love me you betrayed me and the cry here is that i expected better from you and i expected you to be better i've trusted you with everything with all my life but now you treat me as though i don't matter that is painful and even verse 14, he says, With whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God. Talking about his friend. And as we walked about among the worshipers. David is saying, it's so painful that it's coming from you because you are the person that I've enjoyed good things with. I've enjoyed good things with you. How come would you betray me? We enjoyed God's presence together. We walked among the worshipers. We've enjoyed God's gift in our lives together. You celebrated me. You have cheered me on. We have shared great, great, great memories. But you have betrayed me. And that is hard. That is rough. So the betrayed, they feel that pain. The pain of a loss of a hope, of of a better companion. Number two, um, the, the pain for the betrayed is in embracing a new reality. Embracing a new reality. Verse 20 says, my companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. In other words, you know, David is encountered with this thing of like, there is an odd reality. The odd reality is I had this friend whom I caught, my friend, my colleague, my companion. And there was no time that he ever violated, uh, you know, his commitments. But now, my companion is now attacking his friends. He's violating his covenant. That's a change. I don't even know if he should call him his companion now. But he's, he's sharing that for context to see that a companion would not betray his friends. A companion, a friend, would not attack his friends. So then he's faced with this reality. Whatever I've believed about, about this person or about our connection is now different. There is now a new reality. And the new reality is that the person that I trusted doesn't have my back. I heard one woman say, in a sharing about her betrayal, she said, it felt as if I've been hit by a truck. It felt as if I've been hit by a truck. When you are hit by a truck, you cannot remain the same. It's so different, you know. In other words, the reality is now a different reality. My world has now been turned upside down. You know, most people, we know that there's betrayal in the world. But we don't think it's going to happen to us. And when it happens to you, oh my goodness, it's hard. It's rough. And there's a new reality here. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot rebuild things. We're going to talk more about that. I'm not saying that you cannot commit into that relationship. But I'm saying this as there will still be a new reality because even though you choose to rebuild, it is in the rebuilding that's sending a message that we are rebuilding because there's a new reality now. There's a new thing going on you know this is why some people say or oh, everything that I believe